1: It's Treat Upon Treat each week on Song of the Soul, and today we'll probably stretch your treat tolerance. Our guest is David Roth, a folk-oriented singer-songwriter whose music has a special ability to touch hearts and capture imaginations. I imagine that it's a powerful validation of your songwriting talent when folks like Tom Paxton, Peter, Paul, and Mary, and the Kingston Trio do covers of your music, and that's what's happened with David Roth and his songs. As Peter Yarrow of Peter, Paul, and Mary fame has said, and I agree, David has reached our hearts. With voices like his still singing, there's a certainty that the candle will remain lit, the hope Reasserted, and the dream still sung. David Roth joins us today from Massachusetts. David, I'm really excited to have you here for Song of the Soul. Thank you for having me, Mark. You're a busy man, and you're a man who likes his privacy. We were just talking earlier about your Myers-Briggs, your INFP. I think it'll surprise most people that you're an I, that you're an introvert on that scale. How does that jive with your music
2: making? Well, you know, Marks, I do like my quiet time. I, I consider it recharge time. Uh, I can amuse myself perfectly and wonderfully, you know, <laughs> endlessly. And then when it comes time to do what I do, another part of my personality emerges. It's not really a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde kind of thing for me as much as different aspects of a personality emerge in different situations. And as an introverted person, it It is interesting that I have been in a career that's 26 years and going uh, full-time performing of my songs, but I guess it feels like some kind of forum to claim my voice. You know, I will often say in my songwriting classes that I use music to claim a voice in a life where silence once felt safer. You know, and I won't go into a long, detailed story about my childhood, but Suffice it to say that it felt safer for me to go up to my room and close the door than it did to engage what was going on in our house, so now, as an artist, I in some ways am claiming my voice you know by singing hopefully my truth to anyone willing to listen.
1: I'm aware that you grew up in Chicago area. How deep are your Midwestern roots? I mean, you're in the east now, right?
2: Yeah, I live on Cape Cod and married a beautiful Cape Cod girl almost twenty years ago. We lived in Seattle during the 90s, but we moved back east in 2000, closer to her family. Her mom's getting old. Set up a new community here. We're 13 years into it, and my wife, Trisha is very much loved here on the Cape. She is a massage therapist, a yoga instructor, and has actually been teaching dance fitness on and off here for 30 years. So she's kind of like a rock star, and that serves my INFP because I get to be Mr. Trisha when I'm home <laughs> and you know, do my own thing. While she's out making the world a better place, I describe her as a fire hydrant of goodness.
1: So start us with some of your music.
2: Well, uh, I think uh, we're going to start with uh, May the Light of Love. This is an old song of mine, I guess written around the mid-80s, and I remember writing it when I was in Boston around Thanksgiving time, opening for a great folk singer named Louis Collins at a legendary folk club called Passim, which used to be Club 47. And back in the day, Bob Dylan, Joan Baez, and all, of them, Tom Rush all used to hang out there and play when they played in Boston. Now it's called Club Passim. And I played that song for the first time that Thanksgiving weekend. And the song has followed me for these 27-plus years, right up to the Kingston Trio recording it last year on their new CD. And usually a song I will end my show with. It just feels like a good thing to send people off with and it feels like a good closing statement for what I'd like to leave people with.
1: So we're going to start with it, therefore. Yeah, of course. (laughs) (laughs) May the light of love, David Roth.
3: As we come around to take our places at the table, a moment to remember and reflect upon our wealth. Here's to loving friends and family. Here's to being able Gather here together in good company and hell May we
0: be released from all those feelings that would harm us May we have the will to give them up and get them gone For heavy
3: are the satchels full of anger
0: and false promise May
3: we have the strength to put them down May the light of love be Shining deep within your spirit May the torch of mercy Clear the path and show the way May the horn of plenty sound So everyone can hear it May the light of love be With you every day And may we wish the best For everyone that we encounter May we swallow pride And may we do away with fear
0: For it's only what we do not know That we have grown afraid of And only what we do not choose to hear
3: May the light of love be shining Deep within your spirit May the torch of mercy Clear the path and show the way May the horn of plenty sound So everyone can hear it May the light of love be with you every day And as we bless our daily bread And drink our day's libations May we be reminded of the lost and wayward soul
0: The hungry and
3: the homeless that we have in every nation May we fill
2: each empty cup and bowl
3: May nothing ever come between or threaten to divide us. May we never take for granted all the gifts that we receive. Being ever mindful of the unseen hands that guide us and the miracles that cause us to believe. May the light of love be shining deep within your spirit. May the torch of mercy clear the path and show the way. May the horn of plenty sound so everyone can hear it. May the light of love be with you every day. May the horn of plenty sound so everyone can hear it. May the light of love be with you.
0: May the light of love be with you. May the light of
3: love be with you. Every
0: day.
1: We've got David Roth here today for Song of the Soul, May the Light of Love. But David, that's a relatively new recording, right? I mean, you, you're the original back in 86, 85, that's traveled with you a long time. Is this the first time you've done an official re-record?
2: It is, and actually that song was the title song of my first cassette C-A-S-S-E-T-T-E, <laughs> look it up. Uh, I made a self-produced cassette way back in the mid-1980s because I was going on tour in Florida, and I didn't have any recordings, and the friend who was taking me said, you got to have something. So I just pretty much made a voice guitar, voice piano cassette, and that was the title song. By the time in the late 1980s to the time I went to a record label in Chicago called Folk Era, I have sold or gave away about 10,000 of those cassettes so that was kind of a, a springboard for me. And the version we just heard is a first re-recording of it since the mid-1980s. Uh, that's with my friend Ann Hills, who also recorded that on her Flying Fish LP, Woman of a Calm Heart. So Ann and I became friends through that song, and we're friends to this day. We finally made a duo CD, and uh, that's the first song we wanted to record to kick it off along with some newer songs.
1: And the duo CD you're talking about is Rhubarb Trees. What are Rhubarb Trees?
2: Well, whatever you may fancy them to be, Mark. Uh, (laughs) uh, We were looking around for a title song and a title for the album. And Anne's sister, Mary, is a beautiful, beautiful painter and had this lovely painting called Rhubarb Trees. And that's exactly what she painted. And we loved it. We said this would be a great album cover. All we need is a song. (laughs) <laughs> so uh, I had taken a, a note from my old days in the Jack Hardy singer-songwriter-songwriting group uh, and did what's called an acrostic. That's where you take the letters in a word and you, you write them down the page vertically. So I spelled out rhubarb trees going down the left-hand side of the page, and Anne and I took turns making a line that began with each of those letters. So if you listen to the song, you'll hear those letters start each line, and rhubarb trees go through twice, and we got a whole song out of that. It's a whimsical fantasy if you would so that's
1: the latest that you'll find from david roth along with ann hills i do hope to have ann hills on soon it's such a beautiful song, and it must have come out just in time to get included in the Rise Up Singing songbook, which originated right around then. How did you squeak in so quickly? I think Peter and Annie must have heard your song and fallen in love with it instantly, because I think that's the publishing year.
2: I'm not exactly sure, except I do know that it was soon after I wrote it and Anne recorded it, it was published in Sing Out magazine. And I remember the intro was something like, here's a new song from David Roth, and it started to make the rounds of singers and and song circles and whatnot. And perhaps that was the connection, of course, because Sing Out is behind the Rise of Singing songbook.
1: Where would you say your career really took off?
2: Well, I, I I can break this down in the interest of time into decades. I spent the 80s in New York City, the 90s in Seattle, and now I'm here on back in, on Cape Cod since 2000. But The 80s is where things really opened up for me. I had moved to New York City in 1980 on the tail end of a backpacking trip around the world with my best friend from fourth grade. I was pursuing a relationship so I moved to Manhattan in the fall of 1980 and one Monday night I took a walk from our little sublet apartment on 12th Street and 6th Avenue down a few blocks into Greenwich Village really not knowing anything about the folk scene that was blossoming there. And I stumbled into this place called the Cornelius Tree Cafe. I heard some music coming out of it. And as I walked through the door, there was a guy named Cliff Eberhardt playing a new song and a man named Mark Dan playing the upright bass. And there was Jack Hardy and David Massengill and Rod McDonald and Suzanne Vega and a whole bunch of other people having their weekly songwriters group. And there was another man named Josh Joffin who befriended me immediately that night. He said, Hey, nice to see you. Who are you? What are you doing here? I said, I just moved here. And Josh and I became friends and, and I, became entangled with this beautiful songwriting community for what turned out to be 10 years. So I fell in with these people, and that's really what got my songwriting juices flowing. It was a very fertile place and an inspiring group of people to hang around.
1: You know, I think we're one handshake away from just so many people. One of them is Jack Hardy. His sister lives five miles from me. And his So I've been to their family weddings and such, and Jack was there and be back before he died. And I came this close to actually interviewing him about a year before he died. It was unfortunate that I didn't have that opportunity. Well, we could reminisce about a lot of folks, but how about we tackle some more of your music for your Song of the Soul? So what's David Roth got for us next?
2: Well, the next song I, I plucked is one called Manuel Garcia. Very briefly, it's based on a photograph. I was living, as I said, in New York City in the 1980s, and I picked up the New York Post, which is, uh, you know, kind of one of those sensational daily papers in New York. Whereas the New York Times says all the news that's fit to print, the New York Post could just as easily say we make up our own news, you know. Um, <laughs> but they had great photographs and human interest stories. And on page, I picked up the the Post that day in August to read the box scores and see how the White Sox and Cubs were doing <laughs> in the baseball. And uh, I found this amazing photograph on page six of this man named Manuel Garcia. And there was a photograph of him and 50 of his neighbors. They were in this picture. They were all men or boys. The photograph absolutely took my breath away. And uh, I sat with it for about two or three days and did something I'd never done before. I wrote an acapella song telling this amazing story about this man and his community and what they did to support him at a time of, of great stress in his life.
3: Manuel Garcia, a proud, youthful father, was known on his block as a hard-working man. With a wife and a family, a job and a future, he'd everything going according to plan. One day Manuel Garcia, complaining of stomach pains, went to the clinic to find out the cause. His body was found to have cancerous tissue, ignoring the order of natural laws. So Manuel Garcia of Milwaukee County checked into the medical complex in town, suddenly seeing his thirty-nine years like the sand in an hourglass plummeting down. What are my choices? cried Manuel Garcia. You've basically two was the doctor's decree. Your cancer untreated will quickly be fatal, but treatment is painful with no guarantees. And so it began Manwell's personal odyssey, long sleepless nights in a chemical daze, with echoes of footsteps down long lonely corridors tolling his minutes and hours away. With the knowledge that something inside was consuming him, Manuel Garcia was filled with despair. He'd already lost 40 pounds to the cancer, and now to the drugs he was losing his hair. After nine weeks in treatment, the doctor came calling, said, Manuel, we've done about all we can do. Your cancer could go either way at this juncture. It's out of our hands and it's now up to you. He looked in the mirror, a sad, frightened stranger, so pale, so wrinkled, so lonely, so scared, diseased, isolated, and feeling unlovable, 126 pounds and no hair. And he dreamed of his carmen at sixty without him, his four little children not having their dad of Thursday night card games at Julio's and everything else he'd not done that he wished that he had. Awakened from sleep on the day of his discharge by shuffling feet going all round his bed, Manuel opened his eyes and thought he was still dreaming his wife and four friends with no hair on their heads he blinked and he looked again not quite believing the four shiny heads all lined up side by side and still to that point not a word had been spoken. But soon they were laughing so hard that they cried. And the hospital hallways were ringing with voices. Patron, we did this for you, said his friends. And they wheeled him out to the car they had borrowed. Amigo, estamos contigo, ves. So Manuel Garcia returned to his neighborhood, dropped off in front of his two-bedroom flat, and the block seemed unusually deserted. For Sunday, he drew a deep breath and adjusted his
0: hat.
3: But before he could enter, the front door flew open. Manuel was surrounded with faces he knew. Fifty-odd loved ones and friends of the family with clean-shaven heads and the words, we love you. And so Manuel Garcia, a person with cancer, a father, a husband, a neighbor, a friend, with a lump in his throat, said, I'm not one for speeches. But here I have something that needs to be said. I felt so alone with my baldness and cancer, Now you stand beside me, thank heaven above, For giving me strength that I need, may God bless you, And long may we live with the meaning of love, For giving me strength that I need, may God bless you, And long may we live with the meaning of
0: love.
1: Long may we stand with the meaning of love. That's David Roth singing. His website is davidrothmusic.com. The song Manuel Garcia from his first CD way back in, I think, 1993, Rising in Love. Really, and the fact that you do that, David, you do it a cappella, is kind of amazing. That's that's a risky thing to do, except that you have the voice to do it, fortunately.
2: Well, this is another song that my friend Ann Hills recorded on A Woman of a Calm Heart. Thank you, Ann. But uh, also, I remember entering this song in a songwriting contest at the Kerrville Folk Festival in Texas. You know, you would send in a couple of songs and I guess, you know, and upwards of 500 entries were received every year at the songwriting contest. But I believed in this story so much and I loved it that I made this one of my song entries and I ended up doing really well in this competition. And among other things, Peter Yarrow of Peter, Paul and Mary was sitting in the front row when I sang this at the festival in Texas. And came up to me in tears after I sang. And his mother was going through cancer at the time, and we subsequently became friends. And you know, many other doors opened because of of this song.
1: Is there a Milwaukee County over in New York, or where was this taking place no, this in was, Wisconsin? This is
2: Wisconsin. This was this is, this is Wisconsin.
1: Well, bringing it back home.
2: Yeah, and back in the day, you know, we'd, pre-internet. I just saw this, you know, little this photograph of Manuel and his 50 friends and uh there were three or four paragraphs underneath it, but I went to Grand Central Station in Manhattan where they had a room that had all the phone books from all the major cities in the country and I looked up the Milwaukee Sentinel in uh you know the Wisconsin phone book and I was able to contact the man who had written more extensive articles locally about Manuel and his his situation this journalist sent me the three articles he'd written about Manuel, which helped me fill in some of the details with the names and things.
1: Well, thanks for holding up the Midwest for the rest of the people to see. There is a a feeling here that is especially precious, uh, that people stand up for you.
2: Yeah, I'm remembering the name of the journalist now. It's it's William Janz, J-A-N-Z. So I thank Bill all these years later for uh, uh, responding to me and helping me flesh out that song a little bit more with his articles. And yes, I'm a Midwestern boy too. You know, I'm from Chicago, so I'm here to represent for all of us. Speaking of which, you know, I come from a show business family. My mother was a professional big band singer in Chicago, and my dad was the maitre d' at a very celebrated nightclub in the 50s and 60s called the Chez Paris. One night, someone took a photograph of me and my sister when we were little kids, at the Chez Paris, sitting in Jimmy Durante's lap. And this was not an uncommon occurrence. You know, my mom was working gigs at night. My dad worked at night. So childcare was in short supply. And many was the time where we would tag along with either mom or dad, mostly hanging around the Chez Paris, terrorizing whoever was playing there that night. And this was a club that had everybody from Sinatra and Bennett right on down the line. All the most famous people in show business would do their club act there. And my dad always said that Danny Kaye did the best, best act of anyone ever saw there. Yeah. But you can imagine the people who were coming through those doors. And we were you know, just two little kids running around drinking Shirley Temples and carried this photograph of me and my sister sitting in Durrani's lap with us for decades. So in 1992, my mom and I went to a party in L.A. It was called Windy City West, and it was a Wind show business reunion party. 600 people showed up including Ernie Banks and Dick Butkus and Marie Matlin, who won an Oscar for Children of a Lesser God, and, and Steve Allen was there. We started bumping into people that we knew, and eventually my mom ran into one of the trumpet players that played in one of the bands she sang with. So a great reunion took place. When I introduced myself to the trumpet player's wife, she said, oh, honey, we don't need an introduction. I remember you when you were running around your dad's nightclub. I said, you do? And her name was Annette Ricchetti. And she said, honey, yeah, I worked at the Shapery. And I said, well, what did you do there? And she said, I was the photographer.
0: <laughs> wow. so
2: all these years later, I met the woman who took the photograph that has been a watermark in our family for decades and decades and decades. And that inspired this song.
1: And for those who don't know, I mean, there might be young people who don't realize Jimmy Durante, his signature line that I recall is, that's no banana, that's my nose.
2: <laughs> or, good night, Mrs. Calabash. Good night, Mrs. Calabash, wherever you are.
1: <laughs> okay. Nights at the Shea. David Roth.
3: Some 30-odd years ago when I was three My sister, a couple years older than me, would get to go down to the old shapery on the north side of downtown Chicago. My dad worked the door with a wide open hand, tuxedoed and tailored a most handsome man. Mother auditioned to sing with the band The most beautiful girl in the room And all the performers who came there to play Sinatra and Bennett and young Mel Torme That hang from the rafters my father would say On those magical nights at the shade. One evening that winter My sister and me All dressed up and bow-tied And cute as could be We found ourselves leaning On opposite knees Of a man with a rather large nose A smelly cigar in the one hand he held A signature hat made of floppy grey felt He scooped us both up in his arms as he knelt And he tickled me right through my suit And all the performers who came there to play Jimmy Durante and young Danny That hang from the rafters my father would say On those magical nights at the shade Durante and Debbie and David as kids Before life got tricky, good God, how it did And we scattered like leaves in the wind Dad stayed in Chicago, Mom moved to L.A. Deborah's in Portland, and I'm day to day memories and miles seem so far away from those innocent nights at the shame So here's to the family, God bless everyone Though the memories and moments were not always fun Somehow we survived them and learned to move on Forgiving what Nobody knew. And all the performers who came there to play Sophie Tucker, Nat King Cole, Maurice Chevalier. And struggling young families finding their way through those magical nights, those innocent nights. Those magical nights at the shade
1: Excellent song, David, Nights at the Shea. the Shea Paris. It's by David Roth. His website is davidrothmusic.com. You can follow the link from nordenspiritradio.org. This is Song of the Soul. I'm your host, Mark Helpsmeet, for this Norden Spirit Radio production on the web at nordenspiritradio.org. On there, you can find close to eight years of our programs to listen to and download. You can find a place to leave comments, and we do love two-way communication, so please do leave a comment when you visit. There's also a place to make donations. We appreciate your donations deeply, and we also encourage you to support all the good works going on, but in particular, the community radio stations, which are so vital. It's a grassroots form of communication that is invaluable for this country, so please support community radio stations radio so you've got all of this i mean your your father was the maitre d your mother's in the band Were you a want to be frank sinatra you, you somehow have that that beautiful voice the voice of a crooner of ages gone by as opposed to a lot of the people you grew up with at that time you know they were hard rockers you know let's scream like zeppelin or someone like that
2: yeah you know i missed the rock and roll thing i was looking for a kinder gentler kind of music i guess Truth be told, both my mother and father in show business one way or the other. And neither one of them wanted me to do what I ended up doing. My father, a Russian Jewish immigrant, had always hoped his only son would become a lawyer or a doctor. And on his deathbed in 1995, among the many things that we exchanged with one another, one of them was he said to me, you know, son, I said, yeah, dad, if you still want to go to law school, I'll pay for it. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> and my mother was hoping I'd be president one day, as many mothers hope for their, their sons or daughters, I hope, these days. But I was just getting into my Bob Dylan songbook. I can still picture the dark blue cover with the gold lettering. So (laughs) that was not for me, lawyering, doctoring, or presidenting, but rather songwriting.
1: Well, speaking of another good Midwesterner, you know, Bob Dylan.
2: Yeah, (laughs) Minnesotan.
1: But... You didn't choose to want to be president, right? But how do you think about politics? I mean, are all folk singers cursed with being liberals?
2: I could not speak for any single other person but myself. You know, I think there was a, there was a funny movie many years ago. Tim Robbins was in called Bob Roberts, whereas I recall he played a Republican folk singer. Wow. No, I can't speak for anybody else. Uh, I, you know take in the world through the lenses that were constructed by my own life experience. And then I sing my songs and people will react or respond to them as they will. I do like to touch upon topical issues now and then in my work. And one thing that has helped continue that for me is my friendship with a woman named Sunny Oaks. You might not know Sunny by her first name, but the last name is a great folk pedigree. She is the sister of the late great Phil Oaks. For many years now, I've been on part of the Phil Oaks tour where we go around the country with. Uh, I go, I joined some other of my friends and co workers, Kim and Reggie Harris, Greg Greenway, John Flynn, Emma's Revolution, which is Pat Humphreys and Sandy Opatow.
1: Don't skip Magpie.
2: And Magpie, yes, thank you. And we revive the music, we sing the songs of Phil Oaks, and people turn out by the hundreds, you know, because he was a contemporary of Bob Dylan's. And, Sunny will have us do a couple, each a couple of Phil songs and one of our own. She likes people to hear what the topical songwriters of today are writing about. So uh, that's a fun opportunity for us to all get together and to explore the power of music as a tool for social discussion.
1: And uh, yes, I've had Kim and Reggie on, as I think you know, David, but our listeners may not have heard that episode. But also Sunny Oaks, I had her on to share the music that her brother made. So we're a handshake away from a multitude of people.
2: All right. Well, here's a song that was recorded live at a Phil Oaks show done at the Linda Norris Auditorium in Albany, New York, probably 10 years ago by now. Maybe a little longer because it had to do with the 2000 presidential selection, as some people called it.
1: From DavidRothMusic.com, here is "Gush or Bore."
2: Well, here's a little song
3: I uh, I learned it off my next CD. <laughs> I won't say who I voted for, or even if 'twas Gush or Bore nader or buchanan or that natural party person but i knew things were boating badly when they beat my boy bill bradley now we've gone from worse to even worsen (laughs) on one hand we'd a whiner who was prone to groan and grunt it's true and disagreeing in debate this practice did perplex us then we got the other one a good old boy his father's son we can't expect too much when he had trouble running Americans from coast to coast have chosen whom they like the most The voting has all come and gone and now we need a breather The count is in, the tally's done At least the sixth and seventh won A clear-cut winner of that day was neither Oh, that's the truth No matter who you chose to win There's just about precisely one more person who had picked some other way Not exactly what I call a mandate from the people We had a really hard election day. (laughs) I love this country, yes I do. There's freedom in red, white, and blue. But colleges that don't exist, I do not get a kick from. Electoral. With uh, all the brilliant minds we've got, it really doesn't say a lot when these two are what's left for us to pick from. (laughs) How about a teacher or a chef, a social worker, someone deaf, a farmer or some clergy or an actor? No, we try that. A secretary or a nurse, it's not so bad It could be worse, a songwriter For president, would New York Certify
0: that Just anyone With common sense
3: Not straddling some middle fence with courage and conviction, some compassion and some solace. Maybe all those absentees in Florida will count them, please, or maybe we'll ask Mickey Mouse or Alien. Wasn't sure news had traveled this far north. (laughs) We had a really hard election, strong and stiff, with no protection. Lawyers paratrooping into every Florida city. It's clear we can't find one we like. Would both of you please take a hike? We'll run our own darn country by committee. Another thought, perhaps the best thing. Inaugurate the cast of West Wing.
0: The campaign begins here.
1: (laughs) Like Sonny said, David Roth for president. Actually, I wouldn't wish that hardly on anyone. I, I can't imagine wanting to be president.
2: No, I think it's an impossible job. I wouldn't want it. And I, you know, there's a satirical paper in Boulder, Colorado called The Onion. And I believe after Barack Obama was elected for the first time, the headline in The Onion the next day said, "Black man gets worst job in America." (laughs)
1: <laughs>
2: absolutely, absolutely
1: now that one, gushser Bohr, is on a double album you have, think twice. I was looking through your discography and I noticed in your first five years or something, each year you put out a CD or maybe it was a cassette. And at one year, I think it was 1996, you put out two. Is this just the excesses of youth? I mean, can you still keep up that kind of pace?
2: Well, let, let's look at the landscape of the recording industry today. You know, I think, I don't know how long CDs are going to be a viable format. You know, it's going to be batches of digital downloads. Or this is something that I'm grateful to be a baby boomer for because, you know, people our age, I'm guessing we're probably within 10, 15 years of each other, are still interested in having, you know, a little souvenir of a concert, you know, like a CD. But most younger kids are downloading one song at a time, the one they want, and most times for free. So I think it's a lot more challenging in this new horizon of the music business to make a go of this. So I don't anticipate putting out two CDs in any year, although... I've got two in the works right now, and then when those come out, I will see where the dust settles and see how it is, you know, to be a touring musician selling recordings.
1: Well, time's slipping through our fingers, so let's have another song and get in as much of your music as we can.
2: Well, thanks. This is a song near and dear to my heart. I was invited to a a low-income housing community here on Cape Cod called Mashpee Village to work with some of the kids on songwriting, and and in one case, the preteens. And then the director of this community sent me three poems by the teenagers of this community, Jenna Santos, Matthew Stewart, and Shailen Blaine. And I loved their poetry and kind of put them together into the song that addresses the issue of affordable housing. Now, the one thing that was missing in all three of their poems was hope. So I, with their permission, added one line to the end of the chorus, which became the title of this song. And the rest of it is their writings with my chords and melody. And so it's a co-write to address that issue of something that's very rare here on Cape Cod, you know, affordable places for, you know, everyday people to live. Everything that happens makes
1: me stronger. My folks sleep in the bed with the crib beside their bed I'm out here on the sofa with my sister
0: This cottage may be small But it's home to us all
1: touching song sung by young folks from Cape Cod, Everything That Happens Makes Me Stronger. Uh, David, you made the comment to me that they were all singing at the top of their lungs in no particular key. I think I I resemble that comment.
2: No, no, I believe that's the way singing should be done, you know, sort of like the anti-American idol sentiment because I think our kids are getting the message these days that singing is supposed to look a certain way and sound a certain way and you're supposed to have a certain kind of, you know, package for that kind of thing, but I'm a strong believer that music's too important to be left in the hands of professionals, and I encourage these kids. What happened was, on that recording we just heard, I had some of the younger kids from Mashpee Village come over to my house, which is also affectionately known as World Headquarters of David Roth Music. That was on the same day that I had my full moon open mic. I've been running an open mic here on the Cape for eight years now to invite community musicians to network and to put out a bucket for local nonprofits. And so when I put this song together with these three teenagers' poems and had the younger kids come over and sing it very quickly, then I brought them over to my open mic that night, and they just touched everyone's heart. You know, three years later, I still have people coming up to me saying, I was there that night when those kids sang that song. To me, there's no beautiful kind of singing than, than what we just heard, you know. It's just from the heart, and it's not supposed to sound like anything. It's just supposed to, it's supposed to feel like something. I feel something every time I hear that recording.
1: Uh, yeah, and I, I feel it, too. What recording is that one on?
2: Well, that's just a recording I made for documentation purposes. It doesn't exist anywhere, but Ann H- Hills and I did record our own version of that on Rhubarb Trees because I just love the song so much.
1: So if you love that version by the kids, just listen to this program over and over. I guess it's the moral of the story.
2: Or, you know, anyone who wants to can email me. I will send you a free MP3 of that recording. I think it's, for me, one of the greatest pieces of choral music ever recorded for its, its beauty and authenticity and the soul of where it comes from.
1: Clearly, David, you've got a very deep and open heart. I mean, all of the music that you've shared... I'm not sure if gush or Bohr reveals a lot of heart. It reveals a lot of wit, but there's so much, such a deep heart. Talk about your spiritual present and presence and your spiritual past. How did, how did you get to where you are with that kind of a heart?
2: Well, how much time have you got? I realize we're probably winding down on our time together, but I think it all started happening for me in the middle of my time in New York City. I was really trying to unravel why I was feeling blocked in certain areas of my life. And so I started going to uh, 12-step meetings. And it wasn't that I had a specific substance problem myself, but there was some of that in my family. And I started unraveling some of these blocks that, that I felt like I kept coming up against. And so if anybody asked me, as you have just done, you know, where did it all start? I would have to say my spiritual foundation began you know, in uh, the 12-step program and learning how to accept myself and not be so invested in pleasing other people or doing what they thought I wanted them to do as a way of approving of myself. They call it people-pleasing. So once I started to get a handle on that, my motives for doing the things I did became more, uh, more for myself and let the chips fall where they may. And I don't say that in a selfish way, just in a more authentic way of finding my deeper truth. This, last song for today is came right out of that period where I was off at a retreat and someone said, well, have you ever really written a song to yourself? And I realized that I hadn't. I'd been trying to write these clever, witty, entertaining things. I thought other people would find amusing, but I hadn't really looked in the mirror yet. So I took that suggestion to heart and wrote, will you come home? based on you know, new things I was discovering in my life that have continued to this day. It's a learning curve that never stops for me, and we could have a lot longer discussion on a lot of other things I've been doing since. Among them, marrying this wonderful woman that I have and being with her, she is a relentless and tireless advocate of self-discovery, so she's a great mirror for me. But it all started when I asked that question to myself, will you come home? I know
3: where you live But you've never been home Everyone in your house Has been living alone Now something is wrong And you know it's not fair But it's easier to hide Than to show that you care But will you come home? Will you come home? Will you come home? To your heart You've kept away from yourself From the start But you can come home now Home to your heart You work hard all day how you strain to stand tall, trying to make someone love you, better yet, make them all. But the doors have been closed, all your secrets concealed, and you're living your life, so they're never revealed. Will you come home? Will you come home? Will you come home? your heart You've kept away from yourself from the start But you can behind. You've done more than your part Before you fill all your loved ones You must fill your own heart Don't look to others for directions or deeds You're the very first love that your heart ever needs Will you come home? Will you come home? Will you come home to your heart? You've kept away from yourself from the start, but you can come home now. Come home to your heart. You've kept away from yourself from the start, but you can come home now.
1: Hope in many hearts. Will you come home? A song by David Roth. It's an old song, 1984, and there's at least two recordings of it out there now, right?
2: Well, there will be a second one, Mark. I've been recording since 2004 for a label in Europe as well as for Folk Era here in in the States. Long story short, is a producer heard one of my songs on a compilation and invited me, or as I like to say, literally made me an offer I couldn't understand because he's German. <laughs> to come over to Germany to make a record for his folk label. And we really clicked. The first record I did for Stockfish Records was a number of my older ballads, plus Vincent by Don McLean. And that one did well. It actually got pressed onto vinyl for the audiophile market in Europe and China. And then we did a follow up called More Pearls, a whole album of cover songs by some of my favorite writers, uh, including Jackson Brown and Steve Goodman and Ralph McTell and Michael Smith, Gordon Lightfoot, Paul Simon, Lennon McCartney, James Taylor, Carole King, Phil Oakes, Pete Seeger, Bob Dylan. That one did well. So we've just done the basic tracks for the next album, which is some more old ballads, songs I've always wanted to revisit, including Will You Come Home. So that's why a second version will be coming out sometime, you know, towards the end of the year on my third stockfish CD. Well,
1: David, it's been a whirlwind visit with you. I I feel the deep currents of spirit in all of your music. I love the mixture of humor. I really think that we need to laugh as well as cry to have the full spectrum of our feelings. And so you do such a good job of bringing that out. I want to remind folks again that the website is davidrothmusic.com or just come via org. Leave us a comment, connect up. As he said earlier, if you want to get a copy of the children singing Everything That Happens Makes Me Stronger, you can contact him. You'll find his contact on his website. It's beautiful getting to know your music more, David, and I thank you so much for joining me for Song of the Soul.
2: Well, so any songwriter would say, or I'll say, uh, you know, if a folk song gets sung in the forest and no one's there, does anybody hear it, you know? So I return the thanks to you for helping keep this music alive. Uh, It's part of a community. That's what I love about folk music. It's not just the star up on the stage like you might see on TV. It's all of us being a spoke in the wheel, And based on our conversation today, it sounds like we have many intersecting spokes. I hearken to the words of uh, someone who once said, if you choose a job you love, you'll never work another day in your life. That's how I feel. It's been a blessing. I hope we have a chance to do this again sometime.
1: Thanks for passing on the blessing, David.
2: You're welcome, Mark. Thank you.
1: The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it's called Song of the Soul.
0: sing out a song